0: Hoy Noiros! Welcome to this week's Out of the Podcast, episode 39. We're really getting there, my friend. Yes,
1: we are. Incognito version.
0: Yes, absolutely. We, this is our first episode. Uh, I think we're a little laggy, so we're trying no video on both of our ends.
1: We're really just going to have to
0: hear the emotion in our
1: voice. It's like we're the listeners, for once. Exactly. Like well, you said, it's like a little like through. a phone, phone call or something.
0: It does sound like a phone call, um... <laughs>
1: Which we've never done. We've never talked on the phone before, Dan. We've texted, but never actual, like, phone conversation. That's interesting. We haven't. The need has not come up. Yes. We've always been able to find other means of communication that have sufficed.
0: <laughs> I feel like it might have, it, it could have happened at one point, but then this started, and we get so much of our business done. You yeah. Know. Oh, boy. Business talk over here. Business suit Dan, right? I'm talking to. <laughs>
1: I'm, all, I'm all business today.
0: Caller, who's on the line?
1: Uh, This is Business Dan.
0: Business Dan from New Jersey calling in. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in to Gentleman Joey and his uh,
1: Noir capabilities. Long time listener. First time caller. I I think you've actually called quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I have. Yeah, that's true.
0: This is your 39th call into the show.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, I I guess technically that's true. Yeah. We might have to start paying you soon. I mean, hopefully one day. You will have to pay me out of your pocket. That's what you're talking about, right? right. Yeah,
0: yeah, no,
1: hopefully one day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you? I'm doing all right. I, uh, how I, the heck are you? I've been okay. I, I saved something that I wanted to discuss with you because I feel like, I don't think we talked about it on the actual recording uh, on our previous episode, but I mentioned that on HBO Max, I noticed, or you noticed actually, because um, oh. I brought it up about a movie called Cast a Deadly Spell. Oh, yes. 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 And I, I actually like, I was, I was bored last weekend and I I was like, you know what? I really want, I've been like really, since I heard about it, I was like, I really just want to watch it because I'm really excited about it. So I watched it. It was awesome. I loved it. It was such a good time. I'm going to watch that tonight, dude. It, you will absolutely love it. It's like if you took like every send up uh, in like the best way possible of film noir and then mixed it with like HP Lovecraft weirdness, it's like, basically like i won't give too much away don't worry but like basically just like you're marrying these two kind of weird things together but it's just like accepted as normal in this world in this timeline and it's, it's i love it's, that and there's like so there's like this like weird like magic mysticism to world but basically the, the premise is that the detective he's like a private detective and he he doesn't use magic and ma- but magic is widely used so he kind of like relies on his own wit and, and and he has like reasons for it, but there's a, it's like a whole you know mystery thing going on. But he's got this like mystic element to it. It's a it's a a riot. It's great. I, I think you'll absolutely love it. I mean, I Clancy
0: Brown is in it, and he's yes. kind of a real stamp of approval for me.
1: I, I love Clancy Brown. Yes, it's got One a really of good greatest. cast. It's got a really yeah. interesting and and great cast. Julianne Moore is yes. in it. She's very Fred prominent Moore. in it. Yes, it's yeah, dude. I think you'll you'll absolutely love it. I, it it's interesting because it's an HBO film from, and it came out in '91. And I was thinking about how uh, another movie that HBO put out in '91, which I actually rewatched this morning, because uh, oh, is uh, Don Don't tell mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, um, was that an
0: HBO film? I mean, it it was, that came out theatrically though.
1: It, I think it yes, it did. But it was it was an HBO picture, and it's funny to think that both those movies came out in '91 via HBO. I'm like. That's a watershed year right there. Like if if both these movies are coming out in 91, like what an interesting time. Like just like that those movies get the green light. It's just, it's interesting to me because they're just, they're they're both cool, but like in their own way. I would love to see a list of HBO films, like theatrical releases. I wonder if there's more that you'd be surprised by. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's mom and dad Save the world, but I think that didn't get a wide release. That also makes so much
0: sense of why they showed these films constantly on their channel.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, c- and that's how I saw them. I mean, growing up, I mean, you, you, I'd be watching HBO. Like, at that point, there was only like three HBO channels. So, like, odds are you're eventually going to see it at some point. And do you like Mom and Dad Save the World? I did when it came out. It's been a really long time since I watched it. So I don't You know, that's from up. the
0: writers of Bill and Ted.
1: Is it really? Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, it had...
0: A... I'm wondering if that can help you with your enjoyment when you get to the second one.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I, I did like it a lot. I'm sure I probably would still enjoy it for the nostalgia of it. And know, I would say that least. was probably closer in production. You know, like They probably either did that before or after the sequel so, to Bill and Ted. So that was 92, was, was Mom and Dad save the World. And that was HBO. It doesn't say anything about a theatrical, so I don't... Wait. No, it did. It did go theatrical. It said open in 90- 904 theaters. Yeah, great... I remember that one being yeah.
0: theatrical. And Bill and Ted was 91. So yeah, it was probably right after. Yeah. What a if time. Check out that one-two punch sometime. It really was what a time. And uh, boy, that was a nice time when we could enjoy Jeffrey Jones before Ugh. we lost that.
1: Ugh. He's yeah. in Deadwood,
0: and it's it's hard every time he pops up. Yikes.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I wanted yeah, please... to bring... Yeah. Please get us out of that down there. Um, yes. that's, yeah, that's, that's what that's, I want to that's, tell you. Yeah, I highly recommend it.
0: That's great. I'm going to attempt to watch it tonight. And if I forget, I can at least listen to the episode while I'm editing it and I'll figure it out then.
1: Or I could just remind you, I'll just text you every hour on the hour until you start watching it. <laughs> you know what?
0: I have it at least up on Wikipedia. So, and I, I've locked my phone. So at least when I open it up, I'll get right to it.
1: Cool. It's a lot I, of fun. Great vibe. I think you'll really enjoy it.
0: I got Hulu Live as I told you off air last yes, week, and been uh, cool. a lot of fun. Of course, joined TCM right in the midst, right in time for their uh, their their violent change,
1: the, the, the so-called <laughs> rebrand, the
0: violent rebranding. Um, yes. Tonight is Noir Alley. Of course, this will be four weeks after, but
1: I'm uh, I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. Yes, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. Colors, I imagine yeah uh, and i think you know th- that would be the reason i would watch it because I, I not that i'm not interested in it but i think th- tonight's episode is actually a hammer film which like i'm not usually super into but i think it was called like cloud something typically i'm not that's not my cup of tea but who knows might be okay cloud burst cloud burst
0: yeah we'll see I'll, I'll check it out probably yeah, maybe in the again. Okay, I, I, I want to see that redesign. I, I, I at least want to peek into that. And of course, with Hulu Live, I have recording DVR. So you there know you what? Go. It'll happen. There I go. But uh, with, with this Hulu Live and with live TV, uh, taking some more chances. And boy, if I didn't find myself watching a Lifetime movie yesterday. <laughs> wow. Called Party Mom. It was very hilarious. So if you're looking for laughs in, in the way that only a LMN can give it to you. Party Mom, it has everything you'd want.
1: Wow. Is it like a recent movie?
0: Yeah, it, it was 2018, I believe I saw when I looked up.
1: Okay. And, and what prompted you to watch this? What about it? The title
0: was very funny and uh, it was kind of already in progress, which, um, uh-huh.
1: you know, is the
0: beauty of live television. Something that's taken away in the streaming age. And yeah, it just it, I got a glimpse of the party mom. She was cracking me up. And uh, the option to start from the beginning was displayed to me. And I decided to go down the rabbit hole. And glad I did. Shout out to party mom.
1: I'm looking it up now. Megan Ward's in it. I love her. I believe she's the party mom, correct? She, mm, Krista Allen is is one of the other stars. So maybe she is. Krista Allen is Jackie. Megan Ward is Caroline. Is Caroline the, the party mom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, I just kept calling her Party Mom the whole time. It could be, um,
1: but I mean oh,
0: Chris. Krista Allen was Party Mom, and Megan Ward was the the mom of the teenage daughter who was going over to Party Mom's house.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean Megan Ward was in uh, Encino Man, PCU. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. yeah. I I, lo- I loved her. Um, she was
0: she was a good time. Uh, I, but Party Mom was the real winner. Uh, Krista Allen really delivered. So yeah, check out Party Mom if you're looking for some
1: laughs well it's all fun and games until things turn deadly you got as it, it as it says on the on the imdb <laughs> sounds like a tagline to me yeah if there ever was one
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all i really remember watching this week <laughs> nothing uh, nothing too substantial other than today's movie would
1: yeah. you like to get to it i would i would definitely like to get to it shall yeah, we maybe. shall
0: we take a turn to the river street yes. 99 uh
1: precinct <laughs> yes i would i would put that into my uh my gps to to get to 99 River Street.
0: At least you won't have to pay a toll seeing as it's in Jersey City. That's true. So welcome to 99 River Street and welcome to the show. Uh, This one was released October 3rd, 1953, produced by World Films, but it was really produced by Edward Small Productions, directed by Phil Carlson, screenplay by Robert Smith, based on the short story Crosstown by George Zuckerman, who also provided the story for the screenplay. That was a short story that appeared in Cosmopolitan, everybody's favorite magazine, in October 1945. So if you're looking for a little noir memorabilia, why don't you go ahead and e- eBay, hit up eBay, and see what you can find. Maybe it's on the cheap. I don't know how much old Cosmos go for it these days. Yeah, I, I feel like you can probably, get, probably find that pretty cheap. Give it a shot and uh, let us know if you find a copy. Take a pick. Yeah, that'd be cool be nice to see. Juice by? Edward Small. Welcome to it. What would you think of this one? 99 I'm going to tell you exactly the point where I'm going to tell you what I thought of this one as we go through the plot of this film. I'm a little scared to be honest. I, oh, that's fun. <laughs> I don't well <laughs> And I I uh, No, I don't want to know what you think. We'll talk about it when we get to. How about that, Dan? Okay.
1: Um I'll I'll wait I'll wait for you to tell me when when I can say I, what I what I feel about this movie. <laughs> I will say that this film angered me today. It angered you today. Oh, I think I might know why.
0: Yeah, because there's no write up on yes. Wikipedia on this. It's like <laughs> two paragraphs and oh, brutal. Had to watch it two times. So oh. depending on how I feel about it, you okay. know, could could go either way. But why don't we go ahead and open up this sucker? Yeah, We got ourselves a boxing match. Hey, you like boxing noirs? We're bringing another one to you. I sure do. Yeah, they're a good time sometimes. We got Eddie Driscoll. He's the uh, contender and he's in the fight of his life. It's not going too well for him. Uh, he gets hit pretty hard in the eye. And at this point, we realize that we've actually been watching TV. We're watching great fights of yesterday. And we're in the apartment of Ernie Driscoll himself, who's watching this, watching his, <laughs> the fight that ruined his life.
1: Yeah. Uh, because he gets
0: hit way too hard in the eye. And the boxing commission says, nope, you're done. You're going to go blind otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this is an event that ruined two people's lives and they're watching it on TV. You got Pauline Driscoll. Uh, John Payne plays Eddie Driscoll. Mm -hmm. I believe you said you were a John Payne fan last episode alluded to when we talked about this. I am,
1: yes. And this is also, real quick, uh, John Payne, Again, this is the next movie that he also did with director Phil Carlson, uh, right after their film *Kansas City Confidential*, which I also love. Hopefully, we'll get to that one. That's a great film noir.
0: Depending on how much I like this, we'll see if we rush to it or not, Dan.
1: Yes, yes, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're they're a great they're great tandem, I think, and I I really like John Payne, so yes, yes, I was I, I and I think his performance is great in this too.
0: He's he he plays himself a down and out fighter. He is great. I'm gonna give you this much so far. He he is great in this. Yes. He plays this character very well. John Payne from Miracle on 34th Street, Mm -hmm. you know, known from having a musical background, really turned his career around, became kind of this tough guy, and noir guy. Yes. This was a very interesting time in his career. And then uh, Peggy Castle as Pauline Driscoll, his wife. She's very unhappy, clearly. She's not really too happy to be watching this show that reminds her of her own crushed dreams and failure in life. She was a showgirl. She was on the rise herself. And she bet on the champ and it didn't work. You know, nothing's been the same after this fight now. And Ernie's a cab driver and he's completely oblivious to his wife, how she feels and some things that'll be coming up here shortly. Mm-hmm. He notices that she has some some new jewelry on and, and she kind of just shrugs it off as costume jewelry. But, you know, even though it's clearly looking better than that cheap stuff and she kind of distracts him, calls him a pug to take the attention off of it and her. So Ernie himself, he, he reveals that he's just trying to, keep his head down, just save up. He's been humbled and he, he knows what he's got to do. He's saving up to own a gas station, mm-hmm. which does not appeal to this uh, former showgirl.
1: Not uh, at all. Not, not at all. all.
0: And she works at a uh, flower place, a flower mm-hmm. shop, and, yep. and he goes and drops her off to work in the cab. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to come pick you up. And she does not, she, she doesn't want that. She's like, you know what? I'll figure out my own way home. So Champ, he's still feeling bad. I'm going to keep calling him the Champ from here on
1: out. Uh, I like it. I like it. They, I mean, he does get called that a lot by his uh, his former manager. Yep. And Stan, I believe, calls him the Champ a couple times too. That, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. That's his yeah. former manager. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, well, no, uh, uh, Pop
1: was his former manager well stan
0: is the guy he works with
1: at the cab company so i, I guess i'm I, i'm trying to think of the best like boxer lingo so whatever the the crew is that that works with him it is stan was in that crew so they okay. talk about how he's in that but yeah i guess technically that pops is his manager i don't know what you call the guy that the head guy that's in his his side of the ring what's that guy called i don't, I don't, know, I don't towel, know towel boy <laughs> Oh, I, well, I think it's above a tower, but yeah, I mean, similar, you know, he still worked in his, in his team, I guess.
0: Yes. Um, which we'll still see he's, he's very much doing to this day. Yes. He's, he stayed in his corner.
1: Um, As is, uh, he's the radio dispatcher for the, the taxi company.
0: Yes. He would be Danny DeVito from taxi yes, in this case. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yes. If we want to make that and, analogy. Um, yes. <laughs> and and the champ would be Judd Hirsch. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's a fair, fair assessment.
0: And the, uh, the, one, the one lady who's in works with Stan, um, I forget her name.
1: I, forget I her do name have it written. Video,
0: yeah. I have it written down at some point in the synopsis, so we'll get to it. But she would be, um, oh, there was this one kid that was always in there with, with Danny DeVito, too. Maybe that'll come to me by the time we get there, too. Yes. Anyways, it's a good crew. Champ's still feeling bad about everything, so he stops by the drugstore. He gets coffee with Stan, who's his boss at you know the dispatcher, as we were saying, at the taxi company. And he loves the champ. He's yeah. He's an amazing friend. We should all be so lucky to have a stand in our life. Oh, yeah. He's still like, like hey, I was watching the fight. That was great. I mean, he's a real positive guy. And you know, he's talking about, oh, you should just, you got to tell Pauline, you know, you want kids. This is what you do. Let me give you a little advice. You want to have kids? You got to break a it gentle. It's like with Eloise. All the time she's saying, no kids, no kids. I don't want to be tied down. All that sort of stuff. See, so one night I come home, I got a big box of candy. Then I take her around the corner to Giuseppe's for dinner. After dinner, I buy her a couple of brandies. Then when I take her home, you know what I do? I whisper in her ear. That's the way you got to do it, champ. Break it gentle. You break it <laughs> gentle. That, that's a whole. That's, a, that's gonna keep
1: coming up. It's awesome. It's a whole. Uh, it's a whole scenario. But I mean, yeah, he's like basically like a father figure to so him, essentially.
0: Hell of a guy, uh, that Stan, played by Frank Phelan. And I'll say, here we are again in another drugstore serving up everything. Dan, where can we find one of these in our 21st century? It's becoming one of my favorite tropes in noir. I think they may even be superior to diners.
1: I was going to say, I mean, for a while we were, getting, we were on Diner Watch for a while, but now I think we're on Drugstore Watch. We've
0: been um, on a, a straight streak of drugstores and I want it, where Where is this place in our America that I can find this? I don't think it exists
1: anymore. It just doesn't.
0: Should we open it with our podcast money?
1: We should. We could make it all like right. a little venue. We could have some like some, some bands play and stuff, you know, play some, some 40s music. This is where we'll serve our double egg-demonity egg cream, right? Yes, exactly. It's all coming together.
0: All right, well, we'll get to work on it. But it's a cool place. This one especially is like packed to the brim. It's got everything you need, including these $5 candies from Stan's advice. Hey, again, whispered in her ear, you break it gentle. Yep. So he picks up the, this makeup candy, and he's going to go surprise her at work with it. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to meet Linda James who's played by Evelyn Keyes. Yes. What do you think Evelyn Keyes, Dan?
1: She's fantastic. Yeah. She, I, she might she might be the I mean as much as I love John Payne, she might be the the best of the of the entire movie. Absolutely. She gets plenty of opportunities to shine. Yes. And and her her just her range is just awesome. Yeah. She should
0: audition. She's a struggling actress. She's been in the city for three years and her career isn't really going anywhere. And the champ, he clearly feels for her. You know, he loves an underdog as we all do. Mm -hmm. You know, he refuses her money, gives her free rides and he's paying for her coffee. But she's up for a Broadway part in a play called Call It Murder. It's kind of her last gasp at this and, and the champ totally gets it. And it kind of seemed like when he got the candies and she's like, who are those for? Do you think Linda knew that the champ was married at this point?
1: I think he did. I think she did. Cause it seemed like they had a previous relationship. Like it, like that was like a hangout spot. So I think right. she probably was aware. I mean, she might not be aware of, of the actual like relationship, what's going on maybe, but she, she knew, I think that she was married. I I would think. Something's going on, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he plays it very like, uh, I don't see, like. He doesn't seem like
0: he's uh, a devious guy, at this point, right. especially, he doesn't seem
1: happy. Like regardless, you know what I mean. Like doesn't sound like he's like in a happy marriage. If if she knows that he's married, you know what I mean. Like he just seems very just like kind of almost angry. <laughs> you know, he seems kind of downtrodden. Obviously, hey, with with what's been going on.
0: Boy, if he's feeling downtrodden now, it's 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 going to go further down from here. Yeah, it's all downhill. But we got this five dollar candy. It's wrapped up real nice, like and. Boy, Dan, here's something I got. This is the only fun fact on IMDb. This is how sparse this movie is for fun facts. <laughs> this was like the only one. The $5 that Ernie the Champ spends for the box of candy would equate to about $48 in 2019.
1: Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Right? It was, wasn't a lot. But I mean, that's that's a lot of money for candy.
0: That, that's why it was worthy of, of, of bringing up here that that's a lot of money for candy. So, you know, I didn't know that at the time, it still felt like a good move, but now it's like, Oh my God, this candy.
1: I actually do have that's,
0: that's gas station money right there.
1: Dan. That is gas station money for sure. I, I was going to say that I actually, for once I have some, some, some fun facts that like I, I did some, some deep dives on some of the, the people involved in the movie. So if I'm sure you did too, well, but I have some too. We'll compare notes.
0: Uh, yeah, if I miss any, please put them in because I actually, this time, I, I had enough time to compartmentalize, especially because all the fun facts were about the people and not the movie, so right. I have them individually, so I will say them, and then you can go ahead and uh, offer any addition. Sounds good. Isn't that a fun treat for the Noiros out there, huh? Just trying to bring it. So, Just
1: trying to bring out everything I can, you know?
0: Trying to bring it like a $5 box of candy, Dan. Exactly. All well, wrapped done. up with a bow. Ooh-wee. I I forgive you. <laughs> So (laughs) he's off to surprise his wife at the flower shop and now we're gonna meet victor rollins aka brad dexter this guy uh, this fucking guy huh (laughs) he's clear (laughs) he's been sleeping with pauline yeah and uh man ever ever from here on pauline is just so everything she does is so sexy from here on out
1: oh yeah like <laughs> I mean, the, the way the camera plays to her multiple times yeah
0: multiple times it, it's 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 pretty fun if you if you're into that kind of thing
1: yeah, some of the some <laughs> of the like the you know the the trumpet you know the the, 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 sol- the sultry little yeah like very sultry, yeah. yeah.
0: It's like night and day from how she acts around her husband to yes. Victor Rawlins, and he just stole fifty thousand dollars worth of diamonds. And you know what? They didn't even want to tell us how much those diamonds would be worth today on IMDb, Dan. Nope. That seems like a shortcoming. So, how about the fans out there get that information for future audiences? That'd be great. Probably a lot of money. Probably a lot of money indeed. But even fifty thousand now is pretty good. Yeah, that's that's still still a
1: pretty pretty good chunk of change.
0: That's about enough to get you to do a crime.
1: Yeah.
0: I should hope, you know what? Well, what's it's the minimum, Dan?
1: It's worth a crime.
0: It's got to be like, what, 20000 and up? Yeah,
1: I would say so. These I'm days, not, with, I'm not adjusted for our
0: inflation? You're not an expert in what, money or crime?
1: Uh, either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. That's why we're here to report the facts, not to make them. Exactly. We're not living history here. Well said. Pauline, it, you know, it seems like she helped with the crime in some way. I don't know if it was like as a lookout or... It seemed like there was a slight involvement because it seemed like the person that they robbed the diamonds for might have seen her, but it was like three hours ago or something. Did you do understand that, Dan?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like she was it seemed like she was a part of like whatever scheme they had, but they don't tell the whole scheme yeah but like okay. she was kind of like either like a lookout or she played some small role in it she was definitely aware of it, but it seemed like she wasn't like super attached to anything because she finds out some things later about it that she wasn't aware of. Um, Absolutely. so she didn't she didn't get the whole story about what went down
0: no for her point of view it just was a nice in and out don't mind if i do grab these diamonds nobody hurt
1: kind of thing she knew that she had a very small role but the the kind of i guess the more dirty work would have been done by victor and whoever was helping
0: so this is their plan to run off now things are getting heated they got to go so they're looking to leave new york city which by the way, I don't know if we said that's where we are looking Uh to leave on a boat that leaves tomorrow morning because first they got to exchange the diamonds for cash and also get their passport. He's got to go back to his place to make a call. So they start kissing and it's right in front of the window. And now it cuts to the champ and he sees it right when he's getting out of his cab, right. As a fucking fair tries to get into like, Oh my God, that was hilarious timing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And he's,
0: he's super pissed. Of course, devastating, really well played how that came together Then they go to get in his cab and Pauline recognizes him and they share a very sad moment together and he just races off. Yeah. Um, Jig is up and he's off to quote, brood about things, you know, and he suddenly explodes. So Victor and Pauline head off. They decide to skip the passport phone call at his place and just get right to business and go to get paid, which is at this pet store vet somewhere where there's a variety of animals.
1: Yeah, it's like a little bit of both. It's It's a pet store slash veterinarian. But in the back, I guess you guess. know, even
0: see like a, a pet smart, they could groom you and uh and do that kind of thing, so I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and then you got a fence in the back room, you know. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> this, is, this is just normal.
0: Um, and here we meet the man who's only known as Christopher, as well as his right hand man, Mickey. Mickey is played by Jack Lambert, who we just saw a movie ago, Dan.
1: He did, he's an old friend. Actually, a couple, Wait, well, of not you... a
0: movie ago, that's the episode that just came out,
1: and he, he was in The Killers, too.
0: Yes, yes. An old friend. Great to see him again.
1: Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, especially in um, Kiss Me Deadly, like he's oh yes, really good in that movie. I like him as like he's just a good henchman. Yeah, he's just got that look. World. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, one thing about this movie is it, it, it takes a lot of tropes that are very familiar, and it's just like just make a cool story out of them if you can. Um, yeah, definitely. And 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 that's a very interesting part. So it's it's cool to have these henchmen, these old friend Christopher played by Jay Adler, by the way. He's the one who's paying for the diamonds and he set up everything. Pauline is there and she wants to leave and Christopher leaves. He's like, I don't, I don't like, I don't do business with women, but Victor insists on her staying, which is totally a mistake because we find out that Victor Rollins killed a guard during his diamond heist. He pistol whipped him to death. Yeah. And it was super messy. And Christopher doesn't even want these diamonds anymore. Cause the heat is on for that. They're, they're too hot. Yeah, you know, he doesn't like it. Like I say, he doesn't deal with women and Mickey pulls a gun out. He goes, So it's a cross. I never crossed friends, Rollins. Which is a cool line. Yeah. And uh, Pauline's freaking out. She's hysterical and Mickey totally hits her with like the meanest Jack Lambert face. It was great. Yes. Now we're back to Stan and another lady. I don't have her name yet, so I have her written down as another lady. (laughs) I feel so bad because she was great. I don't even know if they said her name yet at that point. I, I meant to go back, but I apologize. Maybe I'll use the power of editing on that one. But they're at the radio dispatch. Champ's back, and he's freaking out, and he's taking it out on Stan. He's making fun of the candy and all of his advice, and he pushes him hard. Yes. Um, and I will say there's a couple of shoves in this movie you know, with the boxing in the beginning, I didn't feel like that was filmed too well. There's a couple, the punches just didn't land, especially not in the way like the setup did. Felt a little hokey. The, I, the violence does get a little better as we're going on, but the shoves are fantastic.
1: In this oh movie. yeah. Great it shoves. Just, yeah, I think some, there are definitely some cool fight scenes in this towards the end of the movie. It gets better. It gets a lot, yeah. it
0: gets a lot more violent for sure. But the boxing just had put a bad taste in my mouth just because it was a little too hokey. But the shoves are great. Shout out to the shoves. Stan, especially, he gets knocked back on this cab. And the champ, he feels bad about it instantly because, of course, Stan's the coolest and he's understanding and helpful. And he's like, you know, hey, it's all right. Don't worry. He calms everything down. They have a smoke together and the champ takes off and ends with Stan going, women. You know, he gets it. This guy gets
1: it. I mean, you really feel um, bad for, for you know, the champ. Like, and the, even up to this point, but throughout the whole movie, it's just like...
0: Yeah, he's not a bad guy. There's not a... Nothing evil happens to him. And, uh, you know, you want to feel bad for the champ. Here comes a scene for you. Yeah. So we're back at the drugstore with the low-calorie special banana split ice cream or whatever. Yeah, that's that was funny. Yeah. That was very funny. And Linda's looking for the champ. And she finds him, and she says she's in trouble. <laughs> and what happened? She killed the producer of the play, dance. And as soon as this happens, like another murder, this is where I'm rolling my fucking eyes. Like this pissed me off so much. <laughs> I, I thought this was so stupid. And then they go to the theater to check out the crime scene. And there's this body on the stage and it's very dark. And the champ, you know, he says, let's play it cool. You know, he's in fight mode. He's, he's had, you know, he's, he's in the zone for this kind of thing. He wants to help her out. Like he said, he loves an underdog. Yeah. So she gets into it. it like, what happened? And she says that the producer, you know, like, to, to cast her with, with Unknown would be taking such a chance. So, you know, he basically suggested that he wanted se- sexual favors in return for the starring role.
1: Right, making and, advances um, and stuff like that, yeah.
0: Because, you know, you could see that she was desperate. So he, she says that uh, he put his fat, sweaty hands on me and that there's a struggle and there's a poker on the table and she beat him to death with it. And, and like I said, Champ understands. He says you can kill someone an inch at a time. Like yeah. he's been going through the worst night of his life already. How could I have wanted to kill him? You couldn't help it. Listen, you're only human. You can only stand so much, then you have to fight back. The harder you hit, the harder you hit back.
1: But, Ernie, murder.
0: There are worse things than murder. You can kill someone an inch at a time. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. How many people knew you were going to be here tonight?
1: Oh, Morgan, the director. Half a dozen people.
0: And when they find the body, they'll know you were with him. Yes. Yes. We'll have to get rid of it. How? I'll put him in the back of my cab like he was a drunk. Drive him to the Hudson. I know an old gravel bit. I'll bury him there.
1: No. No, I can't let you. It's too dangerous.
0: It's dangerous to walk across the street or to park your cab in front of a flora shop. Let's get going. And when he goes to grab the body, you just hear lights and the lights yep. go on. And we find out that the producers, a director, they were hiding and they totally tricked him. The producer was alive.
1: They staged and it. They, yeah, literally. They staged
0: it. And Dan, this is where you get the review of this movie. I'm fucking in. I love that. I yeah, love that. it's great. It was it's so great. great. So great. And I love that. I was just like, and then nope. Silly me. They, they, they got you. Exactly what they were doing. Yep. And from here on in, I'm all in, and this movie will continue to deliver it. It's such a good time.
1: I'm glad to hear that because, yes, I, Red, I love Ready to I show my cards movie. on
0: this poker game. Loved it. Loved it so much. I'm glad we did this one.
1: Yes. It, it truly is like a cool little gem of a movie. It really is.
0: You know, like it's not even trying – like I said, like it, it's just typical tropes. You see, it's like not trying hard, but because of that, it just, it's so smartly made that it just elevates itself above – you know, so many more of these genre pictures.
1: Right. It just has all the ingredients and it works and it just works. It makes sense. It all works. Like for the most part, you know, like everything just kind of beautiful
0: print from Kino. I don't yeah. know. We haven't given that a shout out yet, but it's a wonderful print on the, yes. the blue,
1: I will say that it does not have subtitles on it, though. So I, I was going in no subtitles. Thankfully, on this, on this one—it's
0: a well-recorded uh, yes, movie film. Was. The audio is great. Every all the actors enunciate. There's not a mumbler in the bunch. So it's a good one to not even, you know. But at the same time, in that regard, you know, hey, type up some subtitles. But hey. We can't even get a write-up of this film, Dan, so why should we expect subtitles?
1: I did notice, by the way, that there was an, there is an audio, con- audio commentary by uh, Eddie Muller on this one, actually. So I- I'd be curious to listen to that. It might be worth a, worth another watch just to, just to hear that. Be I believe to- it.
0: You know, one thing I've been doing lately, Dan, is I've been YouTubing. Most of the time, people have been thankfully putting up his intros and outros of Noir Alley for some of the movies we've done, so I've been checking those out
1: cool yeah that's a good idea i did know that yes he, some people do poses that's I, I always forget to think about that yeah that's a good The idea. last few i
0: started doing it um just to see if i missed anything which for the most part not but he, he was very enthusiastic about this film yes and he had a relationship with evelyn keys so oh that's cool. definitely uh it's got his stamp of approval and it's got the lads stamp of
1: approval you know yes. the
0: the second and third authority in noir film so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, but a double, double, uh, double endorsement on both of our parts. Yes,
0: double endorsement and double cross. We were just tricked. Oh, Broadway, huh? Yeah. Another. They got Th- there's, us again. Those theater,
1: those theater types. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they are delightfully awful in this. They're like, they want to exploit the whole thing. They're like, we love what you said. We're gonna put that in the script. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. And, you know, Linda did it because the play egged her on. They were kind of using that as an audition for her. Because, you know, the part of her being unknown was true. So they used this this twisted audition for her to prove herself. And the champ is
1: pissed again. I I would be too. It's messed up.
0: You're just seeing this man ready to explode. It's like he already was at the worst night of his life. And then this thing happened. And, oh, boy. And then they offer him 20 bucks, which, hey, all right. Now that we know how much the five dollar candy is today, I, I, twenty bucks is a little better, but still.
1: Yeah, it's, I guess it's almost like eighty bucks or so, right? Eighty, hundred bucks, somewhere in that range.
0: Yeah, uh, could be but, better,
1: but still. I mean, his reaction honestly is like is perfect. Like it makes so much sense, and it's awesome. It's amazing. It's watching and his l-
0: performance is so good. Uh, Dude, it, it's it's rad. Love watching
1: it. him literally just beat the crap out of all those guys is. It was yeah, so, that's just it. So, so good. yeah.
0: He set off and he beats up this producer and he almost hits Linda, but he takes off and the play decides that, hey, we're going to call the police to play up the whole assault angle and use yes. it for free publicity. And Linda feels bad about that, but we'll get into it. The champ, he drives off in his cab and he actually heads to his old gym. He's feeling completely down and out. And he, this is where we meet his old manager. This one where I'm sure of, I got the info. Pop Turkey. <laughs> played by eddie waller uh that's a funny but yeah pop and and pop loves the champ as well i mean everyone seems to love him except for his own wife unfortunately
1: yeah you
0: know he's he's really begging for something to do he's just like, i want to get back into it i don't care if i lose my sight but pop he's just like i i don't i don't want to do this i don't feel right about it Uh, i care about you and also the commission board says no but then, of course, the champion's like, you hey, know, it's only in New York. There's 47 states after all. <laughs> that was fun to hear.
1: Yes, it was.
0: So he really needs the money and he's mad and he wants to hit. And that's the thing he was always best at. He's just, the, I'm sure he's a fine cab driver, but it's not exactly life affirming, you know? Yeah. So this is it. He's at the end of his rope. This is as dark as it gets for him. And uh, Pop, he won't let him. But then the champ says, you know what? I'll go find another manager. And Pop's like, I don't want to see that. Like, no one's going to take care of you like I would. So if you must fight, you're going to do it with me. So come by tomorrow. We'll see what kind of shape you're in. Mm-hmm. And then Pauline calls the dispatch to try to get it to hold a stand for the champ. Or call stands uh, to get a hold of the champ to come pick her up at the Parkside bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we see that Pauline is with Faith there. He's she's getting kissed and sucked on the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's up in it. And uh, there's also the, uh, after this, a, a great gratuitous leg shot, no reason for it. She's not even wearing stockings or
1: anything like that. Just, I mean, it, it's a really interesting shot too. I mean, the way it was, very well he, framed. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's in the, the mirror in it. Yeah. It's, I mean, th- it's like back to back. There's that shot. And then there's the shot where he, he, he right after that, he arrives at the bar and they're looking down at the window and it's yep. just like the way that's framed is just like, it's so good. One of my favorite shots in the whole movie.
0: I got another one that will be, it won't be for a little bit, but it was a really one that stuck out to me as well. Um, I think I might know what it is actually.
1: I, I feel, I'm
0: sure you do. Yeah, yeah. If you know your old pal, Joey, I think you might. So they want the champ to wait in the bar for them. Cause he's got a plan and uh, he goes back to kissing her and he puts this little like neck scarf, ribbony thing around her neck and he's like playfully tightening it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then now we cut to the bar and the champion is like, I don't want to wait. Fuck this. This has been the worst night ever. Um, The bartender, I guess he was the guy who was supposed to keep him there. He fails to have him stay, but we're later going to see that this didn't really matter because Victor has a plan that was the plan, but champ gets in his cab and we actually see that little scarf thing. that's sticking out of the back door a little bit, Mm -hmm. but he heads home to pack. He, He makes, he calls out for Pauline to see if she's there, but it's silent. And then the door buzzer goes off and it's Linda, of all people, probably the last person he wants to see. But she's there to actually warn the champ about the play called The Cops and they're on their way with the warrant. And Linda hated that, all that, how that went down. She quit the play. But, you know, the champ doesn't care. He's rightfully pissed off. Everything was awful. But, you know, Linda, she just wanted to be on Broadway. And she, you know, realized after the fact that if that's what it takes, she doesn't want any part of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's able to appeal to him again, just like, hey, this was my shot. I had to take it. Right. Still an underdog. And she follows him out to his cab when he's leaving. And now we see Pauline's lifeless body in the backseat. It's very striking. Yes. And so, yes, now we see that Victor, his plan was that he was, he's trying to put the frame on the husband. And he's off to do a little solo. Solo, enjoy the $50,000 if he could get it for the diamonds.
1: Right, and this is where now that that comes into play, where the cops are chasing after him already because of that whole setup with the the play. So, the, yeah, the, so that's the not helping anything. Him. Yeah, exactly. That's that's only compounding the issue.
0: And um, you know, one thing about this movie too is it all takes place in one night, which is always a, f- a fun thing
1: too. Oh yeah, I mean, con- it's, it's a contained. horrible night up to this point. <laughs>
0: you know. Yeah. No, totally. But it, it's it's a night. Linda, she now snaps into action because she saw what the champ would do for her in this situation when he was being honest on the stage. So she's willing to do the same. The champ knows he's being framed though. And he knows that uh, because the call was made that there was a record that they talked, him and Pauline. Yeah. And so he calls into Stan and Stan says, hey, you know, the cops are here looking for you because of the fight in the theater. And Stan says, hey, I'm going to look out for you. We'll get this figured out and the the champ, he's, he's feeling even worse about himself. You know, he's he feels bad now for Pauline's situation. He was talking about how she was always laughing when he met her. And- she was such a pretty girl. Always laughing when I first met her.
1: Wonder if it's my fault if she stopped laughing.
0: It's a it's a sad time for this poor man. Sad state of affairs for him. But he, he's got to get this frame off of him. So he figures out that there must have been some apartment next to the bar that they were watching him from, that they needed him to wait there. So he goes there. He's trying to figure out where this guy's apartment must have been. So he goes to a neighbor, and he makes up this whole story about, you know, I owe him a little bit of change from a cab fare. Describes him, and he's like, oh, you must mean uh, Rollins. You know, he's in, yeah. gives gets the apartment number and name. And the doorbells there, by the way, have a very pleasant sound. Huh? Do you agree? They, I would agree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very pleasant. Wouldn't mind getting those myself if I need a doorbell. So he rings that. Nobody answers. And he heads back to the cab to get something so he could break into the apartment. Mm-hmm. And so he gets in there and he's looking around. And then he's confronted at gunpoint by our old friend Mickey. And he thinks that Mickey's looking for the diamonds like he was in there. That's the reason he was there. So he's like, what's going on? And he kind of <laughs> gives him an alibi as he's asking questions. Oh, you were the driver for uh, this heist? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I was.
0: Oh, he do- he double-crossed you, huh? Yeah, the champ yeah. just totally plays along. And he also keeps... Uh, Hitting him. Uh, Mickey, he gives him like a, a chop on the back of the neck repeatedly. You know, he's like, where did he say to meet him? And the champ's kind of like, oh, the flower shop? And that, <laughs> that works. He Buys back, it, yeah. you know, falls in backwards to this perfect alibi. And Pauline comes up and this is where the champion gets mad. And he hits Mickey. And this is a great fight. This, this oh yeah. He pummels. This, him. Yeah. the quality totally comes up here. There's blood. It, it's wonderful. Tables have totally turned. And then he gets info and he's like, Who, who's Victor. <laughs> he's like, what yeah. do you mean? Oh, he's a diamond thief. You didn't know he killed the Dutchman. Meanwhile, we got Linda outside. She's keeping a lookout and the cops now arrive and they're inspecting the cab. Mm-hmm. And so, back in the apartment and the cham now knows that Pauline was at least alive for the crime and afterwards up until that point. And now we go back to Victor. He's at the pet shop talking to Christopher and he's looking to get paid and he's beating him up and he wants the money now so he could be a part of the deals and he'll have reason not to be turned in by Christopher.
1: Mm-hmm. And so he's able to force them to, you know, forces him to give the money yeah, it gets it the safe yeah. out
0: of a safe. Now we're back at the, the back of the cab station again. And Stan also he's given a heads up that the cops are looking for uh, the champ for murder now, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Did you do it?" He's like, "No," and he instantly believes. Good enough for him. <laughs> <Yep. Good laughs> and, for um, and he's like, "Hey, I think I accidentally also gave you up for the murder by saying that you went to go pick her up at the bar." And so uh, they're in the break room for a little bit. Uh, Mickey had given up Jersey City as well to as a location of where he may be able to find Victor. Mm-hmm. So he asked Stan to you know ask any cab companies. If they're taking a fare to Jersey city tonight. Yes. And he's also asking Linda to leave and get out of this, but she refuses. She says,
1: Ernie, I don't enlist very often, but when I do, it's for the duration. That's a good Mm. time. Yep. I like that. So, yeah.
0: And also the champions getting into like, you know, Hey women, they've always been pretty bad to me. You know, I haven't had anyone that was willing to stick by me, but she won't be scared away. The cops there show up and they ask Stan to send out a message to to all the cabs to narc on the champ if they see him. But he hits this little button on the side of the table or whatever. It cuts out the transmission as he's saying. It. So that was a good time.
1: Yeah. I like that. And
0: so they leave and Stan says, Hey, go grab 3035 and I'll call you if I hear anything about Jersey city. And Claire is her name. The uh, other, there you the, go. the woman who's in the uh, the dispatch. She was great. I loved her. she, she didn't get to do much, but she she had a good vibe about her. She's very funny. He, yeah, no, no. To shout out to Claire.
1: Also, the the other like kind of a- idiotic cab drivers are. Like, oh wait, no, he's in he's in the office. Like, oh, I saw him. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, hey, <laughs> the cops are looking for the champ, and he's like, dude, what, what are you doing? And, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's like trying to make up a thing. It's like you're making it that much harder. Good
0: things about Stan's performance, dialogue, yeah. the actor. It was just he was so great. Like yeah. Stan, Stan rules.
1: You stand, stand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand, stand. Thank you, Dan. Oh, boy. Keep the that's, rhymes coming.
1: That's what thats what I'm here for.
0: So Christopher, he calls the passport guy. I think his name is Monk. Um, not too sure. He was not in the credits. Yeah, it sounds about right. But I, I believe his name is Monk. He's at the Harbor Lake Cafe. And Christopher says, because he's like, there's only so many passport guys in town. He must be going to Monk. And so Monk, yeah, confirms that he is a meeting with Victor. At and 99 says,
1: River Street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dan you you spoiled it we were gonna get there because sorry because one excited. thing was uh they keep saying i understand they keep saying the address and you're waiting for it like is this gonna be 99 river street but every time you're like you know 34 and south street or whatever like
1: yeah yeah you, they do make you wait the entire movie to get to it so which
0: was a lot of fun because it's like you yeah. know it's coming but to it once once they start doing that you're like oh i bet this is how it's coming yeah but you know eventually you're like okay they're building it up and you know it's gonna be good. But yeah. Christopher, he, he says, wait an hour before giving Victor his passport. Like, make him wait, because we're going to head there. I mean, they don't tell him this, but their players, him and Mickey, they're going to head there while he's waiting, and they're going to take him out. Like, So that they know where to find Victor now, because he, he took $50,000. That's a lot of money back then. Yes. Especially from a, a, you know, a, poor, a pet shop.
1: Come on now. Yes. Offense <laughs> at a pet shop.
0: <laughs> Dan comes through. He says that a fair came in that's going to Jersey City. But then they like, oh, it came from this address, which once again was not 99 River Street. They, but they're like, wow, well, okay. And they're like, wait, that's a pet shop. He thinks it must be Victor, but he's still getting lucky nonetheless. And the champ needs Victor because he's the only witness that knows he didn't kill his wife. So yes, also, by the way, we do now get our 99 River Street from Stan. And yes. it, it's great. It, it feels so good once he says it. Oh, yeah. So they head there, and Linda wants to know how you're going to get this guy. You can't beat him up in this cafe. So Linda volunteers to go inside and drive him outside. And the champ doesn't like this, but a cop comes, and he's hassling the champ about parking in front of a fire hydrant and make some moves and move it now. That seems
1: great because it makes you, you know, you're obviously believing, like, oh, man, like, are they aware
0: busted.
1: of – Yeah, it, you know, is he busted for that? But no, it was just like, oh, you got to move your car. It's like, oh, man. Yep.
0: And yeah, so Linda, she's like, okay, bye, and totally runs inside to go do her plan. Chant moves the car, he gets a gun ready, makes sure it's loaded, gets out, instantly Mickey's there with his own gun, grabs his piece, and he takes him to meet Christopher in the car. Yep. And then they put him in the front seat. There's also a driver as well.
1: Right. So now you're like, oh man, like now she's she's in by herself. And you're like, yep. how like what what's gonna happen? Is this is is Rollins gonna get rough? Like what's gonna happen?
0: Well, we're going to find out because we cut to Linda inside and she's trying to, you know, she's nervous, but she's like, hey, I'm an actor. I could do this. Yeah. She's trying to be alluring and she's sexually smoking and she's opening up her jacket, kind of playing a little drunk and loose loudly, saying that she was supposed to meet someone there. And um, the passport guy shows up and he gives Victor the passport in in the corner of the uh, cafe and Linda notices it and she goes to put in a nickel in the jukebox and gives a dance to try to get his attention. And With,
1: uh, what, one of the funniest lines in the movie. <laughs> With-
0: I believe it's going to be. There's a guy at the bar right next to her. What's the matter, you guys? Dead in here. Revive me, baby. <laughs>
1: and they start That's to it. dance,
0: and he goes, "I'm living now."
1: <laughs> it's over, so- <laughs> and, and and that brings me to the other point is that. I will say that Victor Rollins get, says baby a lot. And I was thinking of you the whole time. I'm like, I mean, Joey's probably loving this right now. I mean, he's like, oh, call, yeah. he's saying baby like left and right to, uh, to Pauline. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's a good time. And so Mickey, he sees this dancing
0: and Victor's sitting down in the corner. So he goes to report this back into the car. And the champ, of course, he's worried about Linda because he knows that Victor is a killer. And he starts to say something about it. But the champ gets knocked out by Mickey. And so now we're back at the bar and the guy, he's dancing with Linda having the time of his life and then his wife comes out of the bathroom and she is so pissed. And uh, Linda's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's my wife. Hey, he thought it was worth it. So yeah. <laughs> he went for it. Loved it. So they revived great. him. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. Totally, totally one of the best scenes in the movie. And yeah. um, Linda uses this as conversational fodder with Victor. And so she tries to
1: sexy up up. to him
0: yeah Yeah, cozy and uh she grabs a cigarette and leans into him and uses the one that he's smoking to light hers which is a cool touch it's so
1: good i i forgot about that i mean this is probably i think the second or third time i've seen this and i forgot about that i mean like that that's just so cool i
0: don't know if i'm ever gonna forget that 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 was quite quite a touch it was very very cool victor doesn't really care at all though and he wants nothing to do with it nothing to do with it which you know hey if you knew his own night of course He already got one girl. And in fact, when she leaves, she's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going for it. She says Pauline's name. And then he grabs her and tries to find out who she is and what she knows. And uh, she tries to get him outside and he pulls her through the kitchen out back. He slaps her around. And then Mickey is there with his gun. And he says, never slug a lady, even though he totally did it earlier in the film, Dan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and all the people to deliver that line.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know where that was coming from with him. But,
0: but hey, you know, I guess as far as Linda knows, right? Sounds sounds good to her.
1: Um yeah, maybe, so then maybe they go... he had a moral reckoning with himself, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It's been quite a night, you know, maybe maybe after that that was his last time. He's like, you know, I tried it for the first time and I I didn't care for it.
1: He had some existential thoughts on his way to, to ninety nine River Street, maybe. I would take the the film that follows Mickey's ninety
0: nine River Street any day of the week. Yes. <laughs>
1: So they all go for a walk and
0: then back to Christopher in the car. He instructs the driver to follow him and the champ, like he's still knocked out, but he wakes up and he's kind of faking being asleep. He hears Christopher telling the driver to kill everyone. Let's frame it on the champ. And so champ wakes up, he grabs the gun and then he pushes down the gas in the car. So it crashes, but he jumps out right before it does. So is very cool. Great, great jump out of the car. Shout out to the stunt person.
1: Crashing into like a crane, like on crane, the dock. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, dock was a great backdrop for this finale too. Um, yes. So this all causes a distraction for Victor to take out Mickey and Linda starts to get away. She heads over to the champ to make sure he's all right. And he's like, go tell, go get the police. I'm going to go after Victor. And he goes after him, but he loses him around a corner where Victor's waiting and he shoots him. And he mm-hmm. goes to shoot him again, but he's actually out a bullet. So now the champ, he's shot, he's bleeding out. Yeah, we're like in the loading area of the dock because there's a forklift that drives by and that's what scares Victor off and he mm-hmm. starts running to, the, to his boat. And then now we get an inner monologue, which was a little weird, but not didn't hinder my enjoyment. I, I guess I get it. Yeah, it didn't bother me too much. Telling us all the things the audiences know that, you know, like, hey, he can't get away. He's got to stop him. He's an underdog. We, we, we get this. He pursues him, but he's also losing a lot of blood and Victor's ready to pistol whip him again, but he's still heading to his boat just came in and he sees the champ is after him. And so when champ catches up to him, they fight champ gets hit in the eye. And finally, you know, we've all been waiting for it. Everything starts to get blurry and the sounds of a fight playing the background. It's like narrating all of his moves and everything. Like he's in the ring, which was very fun.
1: Right. It's like, it's like redemption for him. You know what I mean? Like it's, it really is. I mean,
0: an underdog must be redeemed. And so he's in like the fight of his life right now. And he's getting a couple punches still, but then he finally gets control of the battle. And this is where I would say great shot where it's below the boat and you can see like the dock bridge thing and you see the shadowy figures fighting. Was really, really cool.
1: Yes. I and thought so, you were, by the way, oh, I, he got. I, I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to say that, that the other shot you liked was when Mickey is looking through like the porthole on, on, on the cafe and sees like the, them dancing and Like that whole, like the way the, the camera shot, you know, that like was I, a great
0: sequence. Yes, it's, I, I really it's,
1: it's really funny to watch just like seeing his face kind of looking in there and seeing all the characters like through that porthole was, was kind of interesting. <laughs> I did enjoy that.
0: Yeah, no, I, that that can go on the great shot list. Well, so, we'll the cops see, arrive. Oh, brief, sorry,
1: I got one more. So, with that, the uh, I, I actually noticed that the cinematographer, uh, Franz Planner, he actually was yes. the cinematographer for Crisscross, which we we just did. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, which is really cool. He's done a lot of pretty famous movies, too. So, yeah, shout out to, uh, to him. Uh, some really great shots in this movie.
0: It's, it's noticeable. It, it's, it is a, a very, very great cinematography. So, yes, the, the cops arrive. They're there with Linda, and they break the whole thing up. And now we cut back to the gym. Pops is there, and a cleaned-up champ. Now we could call him Ernie Driscoll. He's in a bow tie. He looks so different.
1: Well, I love the fake out where you think because you only see like the back of somebody fighting and you think, oh, it's a punch in a bag. Yeah.
0: And it looks (laughs) like he's like training him. He's like, all right, let's see what you got. But actually, it's been a year later. He looks like a total dork. It's awesome. (laughs) And uh, we find out he actually finally got the gas station and he's actually in business with Linda. And we find out that they're married as well. And stands there, too. We need a happy ending. This is a noir film after all that. I, I will say this is a happy ending on this one and I'm okay with it. It's one of the, cause it's such a, so much noir stuff happens to him in the beginning of the film that he, it's very earned. I think by this point,
1: I agree. Yeah. I feel like it, there's so much despair in this movie that, you yeah, know, exactly. in, in, in a way that like, for, like by the end you really are rooting for him and like, if finally, like, something good happens to him, you're like, okay, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that happens.
0: And the movie totally built it all up. It's it's not from out of nowhere. It's totally earned. And, yeah, so Stan is there, too, and he says loppies, which was fun.
1: I, I'm glad you brought it up and I didn't. I was going to talk about it, but, yes, I'm glad you noticed that, too, because I was very, very excited about that.
0: And he says, I'll make sure all the cabbies get gassed from you guys. And so, yeah, they're married, and Stan, of course, he says, hey. Don't forget when you get home to whisper in her ear. And so they leave and Linda's like, what? He whispers in her ear and she looks pretty psyched. <laughs> it's a cute ending. I, I yeah, It's it. nice. It's the end. It was great. I love that it takes place over one night. I, I like that it takes familiar tropes and makes a solid film out of them and mm-hmm. very sharp dialogue, solid direction. And yeah, subtly beautiful cinematography from, from Franz Planner.
1: And like it's nice to have like as 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 desperate as this movie is and and like depressing like there's this, just just those fine little moments of comedy whether incidental or not that I think are sprinkled in perfectly. We just mentioned yeah, like, just some I of the would, shots, like some of the little quips. Like it, it's just in there, just just the right amount.
0: It has a contemporary feeling in that regard, you know, because movies yes. are very sarcastic these days, and
1: yes. you know, everyone everyone's got a
0: joke, so it it, uh, it definitely was interesting in that respect no it was great uh everyone yes. really did a great job
1: yes great acting all across the board yeah just a lot of fun it's just a great great rewatch like i said i i i, I remember watching it. it's been a long time but like i definitely i think i even enjoyed it more this time around than i did in the past like just watching it again i'm like this is just a really good time
0: that that's great yeah i i, I had a <laughs> you know what i watched it twice too dan when i did, watched yeah. it again to write this up and i it was a one I, I didn't mind doing it. it was just a it was a pain in the ass in the sense of doing it, but couldn't ask for a better movie to
1: do it with. Yeah, I was going to say, it. Is, if it had to be a, a movie to watch again that, that soon, at least it was this one.
0: <laughs> I, was al- it, I was already thinking about it, you know, like it already had stuck with me. So I was, it was cool. glad to do it. So great job. All right, fun facts from the lads. I'm going to open with director Phil Carlson. I mean, really, I don't have any fun facts about him other than we'll see him for Kansas City Confidential sometime. And he did Hell's Island too,
1: which, I, and he's
0: done a lot of film noir. Yes. Also with, with John Payne.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: We're, we're going to see him plenty and, and I look forward to it. This was a great time. This was my first experience with him and not a bad time. John Payne. So yeah, like we said, he, he had a very interesting beginning just as far as being in Miracle on 34th Street and then begin you know, changing his career. But then of course, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the hit by a car that he got hit by a car
1: Yes, crossing
0: Madison Avenue, New York city. And he had a, a very lengthy rehab process and crazy surgeries. And he, he eventually tried to make a comeback on TV and film, but he gave up in the seventies.
1: Yeah. He, but he
0: actually chose not to have his facial scars removed, uh, which was, I, I respect that. Oh, hold on down clear my throat.
1: Well, while you're doing that, I'll mention that. He's also in a, uh, there's another film noir that he did in, in 49 that I hope we, we get to called The Crooked Way. Uh, which is awesome. It's a really, really good one. Uh, so that's, that's a couple of years even before Kansas City Confidential. But I also, that's another one of his I really like.
0: Yeah, we're not going to get into this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll never get to that now, now that I brought it up.
0: But after his uh, accident, he was a, one of his first public appearances was as a guest panelist on CBS's uh, Sunday nighttime game show, What's My Line? Oh. in a December 3rd, 1961 episode. Uh, Regular panelist Dorothy Kilgallen introduced Payne by saying, quote, he's been in the hospital after a very bad accident, so it's good to see him fit as a fiddle and all in one piece. (laughs) And regular panelist Bennett Cerf remarked, good to see you here, John. Glad to see you beat that car on Madison Avenue that bumped into you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some good quips.
0: Evelyn Keys she actually of course played scarlett o'hara's sister in gone with the wind which she was everyone would say best known for and in fact her autobiography was titled scarlett o'hara's younger sister yes she actually wrote in that that she had a abortion before just before filming it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately was unable to have children after that Um, wow but we'll definitely see her again in 1951's the prowler and i'm sure in other films as well
1: yeah no she comes up in some some noir any fun facts about her, Dan, that I missed? Um. Well, in, in I think in her autobiography, they do mention that she apparently had a lot of affairs with a lot of actors. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. There was like Glenn Ford, Sterling Hayden, Dick Powell, Kirk Douglas, um, a lot. Glenn Ford, a monster. Yes, Glenn <laughs> Ford. <laughs> we
0: found out. Yeah, fuck that guy. Don't 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 have affairs with him. All right, moving on to Peggy Castle. She. <laughs> She was very well known for playing like the other woman in a lot of B movies. And she was Miss Cheesecake, 1949, as voted by the Southern California Restaurant Association. Wow. Her acting career began in 1950, where she was touted as one of that year's, quote, baby stars. (laughs) Um, She unfortunately had an alcohol addiction and she passed away at age 45 of cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, wow. Wow. Any Peggy Castle facts for us? She's Are all your facts th- going to be about awesome Brad Dexter? Because he's got some good stuff.
1: That that's where I did have the most, but I think with her, <laughs> with her, I mean, she's in, she comes up in a couple other movies, but she was actually in a uh, a movie called Invasion USA, which uh, Mister Science Theater spoofed, uh, which is a fun episode, and she's also in Beginning of the End, uh, which was also spoofed by Mister Science Theater. So she's actually in two movies that have been uh, lampooned by MST3K. So that's I thought that signs was a of a
0: good theater. career.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I have with her.
0: Brad Dexter, mostly known for playing tough guy roles, but actually a sweetheart of a man. Yes. Uh, he had a short marriage to Peggy Lee. He was friends with Marilyn Monroe, and he saved Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes, from drowning.
1: Yes, that's what I had with him, which I thought was fascinating.
0: That was very fascinating. Yeah, so, or, you know, hey, maybe you should have let him drown. I don't know your opinion on uh, on Frank Sinatra. Yeah. controversial figure yeah bit of a piece of shit <laughs> from from what it seems uh yeah. so you know maybe brad dexter did the world a disservice that day i don't know i guess yeah. he can't let people drown right dan
1: yeah i i feel like you know we all can't be phil collins <laughs> yeah. Uh i mean i feel like in brad dexter's case it's like i mean he's just help. he's helping a, a person you know what i mean i feel like you know, at the end of the day it's like you can be a good guy still You know know what you do, Dan? You save him from drowning and then you send him to jail. Yeah, you could potentially do that. Why don't you croon about that? (laughs) Why don't you croon about that? You
0: think he wrote a song about it? He He must have been on the guest list for life after that,
1: huh? Well, apparently he made him like, he made Brad Dexter like his like, something on his team. Like he either like, was an executor or something like that on his team? Like for his like like, incorporated or something like that? I forget what I read about him. Like, at, like, as like a thank you for saving his life.
0: Oh, well. well Let me see if
1: go. I can find it. Oh, he made him vice president of Sinatra Enterprises, whatever that was.
0: It's probably like answering the fan mail or something. Fuck that. Yeah. Old
1: blue eyes at it again, huh? Well, I didn't realize that he was actually also in Asphalt Jungle as well. He was, yes. Yeah, I forgot Sorry. about that. And he's also in that movie I mentioned, uh, I think the last episode, Johnny Cool, which I hope we, <laughs> I guess we now even, even more so have to get to.
0: Now nah, we're not going to get to that. Uh,
1: every George time. George
0: Zuckerman, who wrote the short story and the story synopsis for the film, he began his career writing for Cosmopolitan, Collier's Weekly, and Esquire in the forties, just you know, doing short stories. He eventually was able to write the stories for the 1947 films, The Fortress and Whispering City, before he completed his first screenplay, Trapped, which is a film noir in 1947 or 1949. Sorry starring lloyd bridges
1: yep i've been wanting to see, see that one yeah it's on uh ucla uh like with the blu-rays they did like their series they did a recent restoration of it
0: yeah we're not gonna get to that one
1: <laughs> we'll never get to that one
0: no i love lloyd bridges i'm, I'm curious as hell <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Cause exactly because cool. uh, you know you're assuming that he's probably playing it pretty pretty darn straight you know so it's it'll be interesting to see no nah, i hope
0: it's like airplane level lloyd
1: bridges <laughs> Like him standing in front of a, a picture frame of him in front of another picture frame of him. <laughs> which is like one of the best gags of all time. I, I think about it all the time.
0: Wonderful, yeah. He was great. Right. Yeah. And so the rights to the short story Crosstown, which was what this film was based off of, they actually were originally produced by or purchased by producer Albert Zugsmith, who then sold them to Edward Small. And the film was actually originally known as Crosstown until two months before the film's release, they changed the name. I think I like 99 River Street better. It's, yeah, I, I, it's very interesting. Cross not a bad film, but it just, this has more umph, you know? Yeah. I get it. Way to go. And it's I think funny. it was
1: of the time, too. I, I feel like, you know, you notice a lot of film noirs have, like, a number in it or, like, an address or, you know, you some, some type of number in it. It was, like, a big, a big thing at the time.
0: Yeah, and those are pretty iffy, but I, I, it was a great choice in this regard. I, yes, I, I,
1: yes. I love the thought of someone reading the script, getting to the very end, and then just being like, hey, that's the, that's the title. Yeah, because that's where they end up. I mean, that's where, that's where it all happens. It's all on the River Street.
0: Edward Small, we're going we're gonna to conclude with him. Uh, he had a very prolific 50-year career in Hollywood. In 1932, he formed Reliance Pictures under United Artists before leaving to RKO in 1936. They bought the studio, but then he left two years later, returning to United Artists with his newly formed Edward Small Productions, who produced this film. Mm. In 1940, he actually stopped making movies for six months as he renegotiated his deal with UA, and he spoke out against rising costs and the impact of the double bill on filmmakers. Mm. He was very staunchly independent. He wanted to keep budgets low. He didn't like how much the studios were exploding and, and becoming too exorbitant. Yeah. But one year later, we returned to work, and then in March in 1942, he actually threatened to strike again due to his unhappiness with the deal he made with the United Artists. But yeah, he liked little films with low budgets, and in the late 1940s, he moved over to Eagle Lion, where he made the popular film noir as T-Men, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. and Raw Deal, which we won't get to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and both are starring Dennis O'Keefe and were directed by Anthony Mann.
1: And they also have, uh, I think, uh, John Alton, I think, was the cinematographer. He's a great cinematographer. Love oh, love his work. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he also made a series of films for Columbia, including The Black Arrow, which is a swashbuckler tale, if you love those. Mm-hmm. He also did Walk a Crooked Mile in 1948, which was a crime noir. Hey,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay. baby. It's got a cool title. Yeah. Uh, and then he later returned to United Artists again, where he made this movie. Yep. Any, any Edward Small Facts then?
1: Nope, I do not All have right. any.
0: So, you, the fun facts are really just that one guy who watched Sinatra almost drowned.
1: Kind of, yeah. But I thought that was fascinating. So, I, I, I was oh, absolutely. As soon as I, soon I, was soon I, I saw that, I'm like,
0: up. we got something because goddamn was it a struggle to come up with anything else. And it's a shame because this should be like a. People should be going nuts for this one. And I, I hope we've done something to help elevate this film because it was fantastic.
1: For sure. No regrets.
0: Totally the kind of movie you're looking for when you're doing this kind of thing. And. I'm glad we did it.
1: Yep, hundred percent,
0: Damn. Yes, next week we're beginning October. Uh oh, it's a spooky season. I'm, so scared. We, I'm scared. I'm scared too, but I think you know what we got it. We got to do it, Dan. I think we're gonna do okay four Halloween vibe noirs. You know, a little spooky, some horrors. We're trying some stuff
1: horror noir. S-
0: we got some classics for you. We got mm-hmm. some that I've seen. We got some that Dan's seen. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And also, we're going to be bringing in for the very first time, we got special guests. Wow. Um, I hope we could book every episode. I'm not willing to make that promise just yet, but we're going to at least have a couple. Try some experiments with that. We felt that this was the right time to do it, and I'm excited to see how that turns out. So yeah. uh, check out the episodes to see who we've got. We're not going to hype them yet, but... Uh, I'm going to say this to see how it turns out. Next week, we got 1943's The Seventh Victim. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six. No
1: way. Nope. This is all about The Seventh One. One night a man came in. Tiptoeing him. I had a scissors in my hand. I struck at him. I ran away. He was lying in the hole. Blood around him. Your sister, Mary, is a murderess. I don't believe it. You go back to school, then forget Jacqueline. nothing else for you to do. got to die. I'm looking forward to it. it's a great time.
0: I've been looking forward to this month. I mean, we've pretty much been playing in this the whole time. Yes, and uh, here we are. So what, wild
1: how time works, and it's flying yeah. by. Episode forty-two. That, that, that you would know, be.
0: It was just I. I uh, <laughs> we had such a brief month of just back to business you know like here's some films and we wasted one of the episodes yeah it just it happened so quick so we're back to themes and but i'm looking forward to it there's, there's some good stuff coming
1: yes definitely
0: so join us next week and uh in the meantime if you guys want to rate and review us on apple podcast subscribe we're on spotify or send us an email the real out of the podcast at gmail.com message on instagram maybe i don't know yeah we'll see that 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 I implies oh okay dan is gonna message us on instagram uh, I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll tell me- you what he I'll, mess- I'll message myself and you from my personal Pre- one i
0: appreciate that i, I want to be included in on this the, yes. i don't want any secret transactions going on behind
1: the scenes between me and myself and i yes okay. oh
0: now there's three of you huh yes oh, oh
1: there's there's three of me
0: get edged out of my own podcast here oh boy
1: yeah it's well, good sometimes
0: Sounds like this was our last episode. Uh, join us next week for Dan's new co-host himself and uh, himself. Yes,
1: all three of us.
0: Good luck, guys. I, 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 at least you guys will have a great uh, toast at the end of the episode.
1: Dad, yeah, it'll be a little bit difficult, but I'll, I'll, see what, I'll, see what I, I'll see what we can do.
0: All right, good luck, you guys. But in the meantime, from the original lads, yes. here's the crime. Here's the crime. Reading.